I'm Mark and this is the Fast Track Impact podcast for researchers who want to be more productive and achieve real-world impacts from their research. So this week I am out and about. I am uh, in London in the Royal Society, um, our most austere uh, and ancient research institution in the country. Uh, it is my first time. I'm in a room surrounded uh, by uh, very imposing looking uh, paintings of um, important looking scientists, I believe, um, although I haven't investigated that uh, that closely. Um, uh, I'm here for a, a, a conference uh, which the Royal Society have organised uh, at uh, the culmination of a two-year programme of work they've done on research culture. Uh, and they've called it research culture changing expectations. Research cultures around the world are changing. We are having to adapt to a new way of doing things. Uh, and the question is, well, what do we need to change? Can we start afresh? Uh, if we had the power, the ability, the resources to do things properly, uh, might we be able to solve some of the endemic problems in research culture that are actually compromising the quality, the ethics, the power of what we do as researchers? And of course, impact is integral to that is one of the, the biggest changes that we've seen in the last decade, certainly in the last few years. Uh, and how is that interacting with the other expectations that are on our shoulders and the kind of cultures that we're trying to create within our institutions and across uh, the, the research sector? Uh, slightly challengingly, I uh, am here for a pitch as well. So uh, Fast Track Impact has uh, been shortlisted for a prize on changing research culture. And uh, I've joined forces with a couple of colleagues who, uh, together uh, with them, that our plan, uh, if we get uh, the, the award, is to build a new platform that can bring researchers together with the people who have the questions that can actually make those differences. Uh, so a matchmaking um, uh, platform of sorts uh, that is based, in fact, um, around the concept of, of Tinder, but Tinder for academics. Um, so uh, I'm going to uh, buzz around here, um, uh, meet with a few people. I'm going to uh, interview at least one person um, and uh, interview uh, the, the colleagues that I'm pitching with um, at this point. Uh, it is officially a break and um, I need to go to uh, the green room. I've been summoned, summoned and uh, I'm going to be getting instructions on what I need to do because I've got my pitch to, to do next. Um, so I will talk to you after that. I'm Richard Massey. I'm an astronomer at Durham University and I'm here at the uh, Royal Society Research Culture Conference trying to make a better future and a more productive future for scientific research. Fantastic. So this is the, the culmination of a two-year project that the Royal Society have been running, trying to have a think about what is wrong, what is right, what, what can we build on. Um, uh, and of course, part of our research culture, uh, increasingly, is research impact. Um, what have you learned from the conference, or what are your views on what role research impact should have in, uh, in our research culture? Uh, do we have too much of it already, too much of a good thing? Uh, do we need more of this? And how can we integrate impact into our research cultures in more healthy ways. What I've learned from the conference so far is that clearly the research culture has flaws at the moment. There are lots of things which are good, but there's lots of things in, in sort of the practice of science and how it's conducted that aren't as efficient or as fair or as equitable as they could be. And lots of people have many different gripes. 
we've been having long discussions about maybe how to uh, fix those. And in fact, we've been having discussions, of course, for decades over how to try and incrementally improve things. And one of the things that is coming out today, perhaps, is that we don't need to incrementally change things, but sit down and think, what would a really good research culture look like? What would the ideal features of it be? Throw away that, you know, sort of start from a clean slate and reinvent things and then set that as a goal and aim towards that rather than starting from what we have now and tweaking a few bits here and there. Yeah, so it's that bad that we need to check it out or actually, you know what, let's just be really innovative and let's actually have some hope here because, you know what, these conversations have been going on for a very, very long time. Um, so from your perspective or gleaning from some of the things that others have been saying in this conference, starting from scratch, what are some of the, the key things that you would love to, to see in a, a refreshed research culture? Yeah, so it's definitely the uh, optimistic view of, of, let's see what we're trying to aim at. There's then the, the separate question about how do we implement it in practice. And, and for that, of course, we have to figure out where we're coming from and what the, what the system is now. But, I mean, let's just be bold and innovative and, and try and think, well, what should it, what should it involve? And uh, of those things, certainly the research culture should be more humane. Uh, in, in many ways. The people doing research are people and we should be uh, uh, you know, sort of treated as that. Uh, often, uh, particularly early career researchers at the moment are, are um, almost indentured in, in, in some ways to, to a certain research project on very short-term contracts and, uh, and forced to work in, in certain ways in certain, certain labs. Now, a more, that, that, is just, that, that isn't compatible with creativity and uh, scientific thought which often takes a long long time to get going so any sort of future ideal research should have a, a long out long-term outlook this is challenging because it requires a long-term commitment to people to projects to experiments but it's the only way that really sort of innovative things happen. If you're constantly uh, chasing the next grant on the next one-year timescale or chasing another job, then you, which is the current system, you're inevitably uh, producing very low-risk science, things that you can just guarantee that something will happen in, in, the next, uh, in the next year or so. Whereas if you really want to have big change and achieve big things, then it requires, requires time and commitment and... Um, just a, a broader, longer-term outlook. Yeah. So this this humane approach to these long-term relationships with our subjects and with each other, when you apply these beyond the academy uh, to the people who might want to use that work, who ultimately might benefit from it, um, how do you apply that that humane approach beyond the academy, beyond just how we treat our PhD students, our postdocs, uh, each other uh, in our academic cohort? Well, one very interesting idea actually has come out of some of the discussions this morning, which is that inevitably funding for Blue Skies research is, is often quite piecemeal. And that's partly what leads to short-term contracts and, and some of the problems that we have about incrementalism today. A One way to perhaps improve that situation without necessarily having more science funding is for universities or university departments to band together a little bit and offer say postdocs or, or any academics in fact chance to do placements in or, or rotations a bit like junior doctors do in other departments this will not only 
sort of lengthen contracts and give people sort of a longer time between having to move to a different continent, say, to get a, to get the next job. But it will increase the um, interdisciplinary thought processes and get people to learn a, a sort of a, or appreciate a broader. Uh, amount of knowledge, so exchange ideas, but also exchange good practice and, uh, and good research culture. So, so that could even just be within universities, but it could even be within, oh, with local industry. A lot of uh, PhD places these days are being funded uh, with a specific eye to get uh, researchers working with universities. And they, there are, in fact, these six-month placements where people can go and work in, in local industry. We've had a lot of um, successful examples of that happening in Durham and around the northeast of, of the university engaging with local industry and trying to help that sort of or produce that entrepreneurial spirit between universities and, and industry. This is, I mean, it's, it's terrific. Um, hopefully, it's going to be, uh, be good for uh, the local economy. But uh, more than that, it's just going to um, encourage more and more on, and drag more and more people into uh, research. The government has set a, 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 a target of spending 2.4% of GDP on research. That's a big increase on in what it is. So we need new people to manage and drive and push that research involving industry with that is uh, it, it's, it's going to be necessary in fact yeah and then you get the multipliers as well when you start to actually add in that industry funding and uh, and actually just being more creative so if there is going to be an injection of, of money how could we use that in a different way and that reorganization that you're talking about seems to be a, a, a multiple win situation so yeah we're more humane we have longer job contracts and you've got some stability and you can plan you can get a mortgage um, that kind of thing which of course is vitally important but when you do that between departments within a university you're facilitating that interdisciplinarity, which is very often what is needed to actually address the kind of challenges that we are faced with in the world outside and that people come to, to, to us with. And because you've got that long-term thinking, actually then you have long-term relationships and you don't have people on short-term contracts having to jump out of relationships with people outside the academy simply because they're now in a new job in a different university, potentially in a different field if they've had to discipline hop in order to get a job. Uh, and so, so all Ultimately, that long-term thinking should, in theory, not just be humane and good for early career researchers, but actually play a dividend back to our sector and to the world. Oh, completely. Completely. I agree. Um, you've said that very well. Um, let me think of a... No, no that's, that's fine. I, I, I thought you looked like you were going to say something else, but that's, that's, that's fine. You said it. Yeah, ah, there you go. Brilliant. Um, so uh, I think I'll, I'll finish it there, but if you want to... If, any final words? How, how do we think anything final you want to say before, before we close it? Okay. Having... Engaging bit or forcing links between academia and industry just for the sake of it isn't necessarily the right thing to do. But if there is really is going to be a big increase in research funding, it's a tremendous opportunity to improve those links and create more of the Silicon Valley feel or, or the entrepreneurship that is possible in places around the world, bring some of that to the UK. But to do that, not as a stick to force universities to give up Blue Skies research, but as a, as a carrot instead, that these the good can come out of it, that in fact, the universities can get more out of it. Research can be better with external viewpoints and uh, other ideas. That can be a, a really positive message for the future rather than another big stick. 
Hi, this is Alison Vipond. I work in research and innovation services at Northumbria University. Um, my role there is to enable academics to get research funding to work specifically with industry. So I guess you could say that my main focus is working on the Industrial Strategy Challenge Fund and trying to make a difference so that research can change the game for industry. Um, I've had the pleasure of taking part in the first day of the Royal Society's conference today on research culture, changing expectations. It has surpassed my expectations. It's been a fantastic day. Um, research culture is an all-encompassing um, concept and today has broken it down into to some of the kind of more bite-sized things that we can get a hold of. And I think one of the main things that I'm going to take away from today is supporting our early career researchers. Um, the, there has never been a kind of more pressured time, I think, to be an early career researcher. Um, pressures to win research funding, to continue to publish, to travel internationally, to get inspired. And I think that um, they really need time to feel creative and to explore um, what it is that they love about research. Um, and part of that probably is making an impact for society. Um, the other thing that I've learned personally today is actually it made me explore the reasons that I left academia. Um, and it made me have a bit of a tinge of regret because I thought when I left academia um, 20 years ago, the research culture was not very inclusive. Um, I wanted to have a bit of stability, job security, raise a family, that kind of thing. And I couldn't see that happening. I think now the tide is beginning to turn and we've had some really excellent presentations today about um, flexibility in the workplace, diversity and inclusivity, um, addressing the gender balance. So I think that the tide is turning and we need to keep moving in the right direction. Um, collaboration is a word that's been used a lot today and also competition and maybe things have become overly competitive. Um, that might be through getting grant funding, getting published in the high impact factor journals, um, and also the REF, you know, trying to compete there as well. So I think maybe we've gone too far in that we're competing too much with each other. We, we should collaborate a bit more, um, but a little bit of competition is healthy as well, as we saw in the uh, pitch sessions at the end, which were um, some really excellent concrete suggestions on how we can um, have ideas and implement those ideas to improve research culture. Well, it's been a long day, but uh, I've uh, got to the end of it and uh, hopefully have uh, been managed to share a few of the uh, the insights uh, with you from the, the couple of interviews I managed to uh, purloin during, uh, during breaks. Lots of inspiring speakers, um, interesting ideas, research culture changing. Um, and uh, and the, at this point in history, the Royal Society, looking at what we can do to think differently about the kind of research cultures we want. Um, uh, I won't say too much more um, uh, of my own reflections, uh, other than to say that you probably guessed um, from uh, my interview with uh, Alison that uh, I, at that point, had done my pitch. And uh, of course, now at the end of the day, I finished my pitch. I'm feeling very relieved. Um, and uh, the good news is that uh, Fast Track Impact uh, were one of three winners out of six people who, uh, who pitched. Uh, for the Royal Society Award and uh, we get a small cash prize uh, as well as part of that uh, which we'll be injecting into the idea that we pitched. So uh, I joined forces with uh, Rich Young and uh, Tanya 
uh, Colavo from Univate uh, for an idea to develop essentially um, what might sound hideous, but bear with me, the, the idea of Tinder for academics, for, for researchers, um, but matchmaking uh, between those of us who have research um, uh, and data and ideas um, from that side and the professionals out there from business, from third sector, the social entrepreneurs, the, the small to medium-sized enterprises, uh, the charities, the, the, the policy organizations who don't have the funding uh, but who still have the ideas and the need for knowledge uh, and to try and democratize that by matchmaking between these people who need answers and those of us in the research world who are looking for problems to solve. Um, and so the idea is, is a platform that enables us to, to find each other. It's a curated platform uh, drawing on uh, existing researcher credentials from sources like ORCID uh, and others. Um, uh, and uh, an invitation-only uh, opportunity for um, uh, those uh, in the early stages um, from outside academia who can come in uh, and pitch their questions and, uh, and initiate collaborations. Uh, crucially for me, though, this is not just uh, about uh, kind of that flash in the plan, um, social media kind of thing. This is about uh, a starting point for new collaborations, for new relationships. Uh, and what Fast Track Impact are, are building with this is a, a platform where you can find all of our latest resources and uh, free training and templates and guides case studies of, of things that have worked and explaining why they've worked, all that kind of stuff, uh, in the context of a place where you can keep coming back and finding new relationships, new collaborations, new people who can inspire you to answer new questions and do cool new stuff. Uh, but this is about the long term. This is about enabling us to build capacity and to reach new people who might otherwise not have engaged with our training, with the ideas, with the evidence that's coming out of the research that I and my colleagues are doing in Fast Track Impact. Um, but to, to wrap these up in this platform, it'll be a desk-based um, uh, desktop platform to start with, uh, hopefully moving to, to an app with, with time. Uh, this is the first time we've gone public with this idea. We've been cooking this for, for some time, but we've been keeping it, uh, keeping it under wraps. Um, but uh, uh, we thought that for, for, for this, uh, it was worth um, re revealing idea, our ideas um, uh, and seeing what people thought of it. Um, and, uh, and it seems that, uh, that people think this is a good idea. So uh, I'd love to hear what you think about this. Um, is this the kind of thing that, that you feel uh, we need uh, as a community? Um, is, this, is this the kind of space that you would occupy, that, that you would get benefits from? Um, uh, and, uh, and this is very much in the, the early stages of development. Uh, we've got a, a long way to go, um, a lot more funding that we all need to source to, to make it uh, a reality. Uh, that's Rich and Tanya's side of things. They're doing the technical stuff. Um, uh, so uh, whether or not we actually get through to uh, a, a product at the end of the day, um, who knows? This is this is the idea stage. Um, but uh, what a start, um, getting that uh, getting that endorsement. Uh, and of course, um, because this is the idea stage, this is a chance for, for you to, to give us that feedback and, and your ideas. How would you design this? What, what kind of are the things that would prevent you from interacting with a platform like this? Um, how, how could we make this something that would actually attract you and be something that would really add value to your ability to reach out to and make a difference to, to more people and help more people from, from your research. 
Research culture is changing. Uh, this, this is a, 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 a really challenging time for, for many of us. Uh, in the UK, we're approaching Brexit. Uh, but internationally, there is a, an increasing focus on uh, how we spend research funding. Uh, does this now mean that we become uh, people who don't value knowledge for knowledge's sake anymore? Does this mean that, as a, as a result, that we narrow and instrumentalize our, our opinion of what actually represents a good return on public investment and what we should be doing with public money in research. Uh, impact is in the frame here. Uh, is impact what is driving these new research cultures that are increasingly instrumentalizing uh, and, uh, and managerializing our experience of what it is to be, to be a researcher? Uh, or actually is impact a, a part of the solution? If we can start to build more healthy research cultures that enable us to create long-term relationships with uh, our colleagues, uh, we start to uh, create these, these long-term contracts so we're not constantly looking for the next job, for the next opportunity, discipline hopping, to just find something to put food on the table. We can start to invest for the long term now in research that can make a difference and in the relationships that are always at the center of good knowledge exchange and impact that matters. I believe we need healthy impact cultures and a healthy impact culture can have a beautiful positive feedback to research cultures that enables people to do more and better research, to ask more and more searching, interdisciplinary, more complex, more real world questions that push our disciplines forward, push forward the frontiers of knowledge at the same time as delivering answers to questions that real people out there in the world desperately need answers to. I feel hopeful at the end of this conference that this uh, is an opportunity to rethink our research culture and to rethink the position of impact within that culture. <laughs>